You are listening to Teach It, a podcast led by NQTs made for ITTs. We hope to guide you through the teacher training process with experiences, explanations and some good, helpful warnings. You can send us or DM us any questions you have to our Twitter account, at Teach It, and we'll endeavour to answer them during one of our webinars. We hope you enjoy it, and please remember to take everything we say with a pinch of salt. Welcome to this week's episode of Teach It. This week we hear from the experiences of two trainees who have been educated up until uni in Gibraltar. They offer their insights on teaching in the English education system and some grounded advice on how to survive your first year if subject knowledge is something that scares you. Enjoy, and remember, any questions or comments you have, send along to at teachit, teach ITT, on Twitter. Okay, so, twin one and twin two, and we were all in the same PGC cohort of 2019 to 2020. Could you both tell me a little bit about where were you before starting your PGCE and where did you go to school? So what experiences have you had in education before starting at university? Okay, so we're both from Gibraltar and we both went to, we've both been in school here in Gibraltar since we started in, what's it called? Before primary school, in reception, and then we went mm-hmm. to primary school and middle school. So basically, the whole education has been here in Gibraltar. And so we went to university, we started university, in, and we were there for four years, which is where we did the PGC. Okay, okay. And then, so for now, you're obviously fully qualified teachers, and you've had that year of experience in a British school. How is the secondary school experience different in Britain to Gibraltar? Um, I think it's probably more varied because in Gibraltar we only have like one one comprehensive school where all the boys and all the girls go to from like the whole of the country. So Oh my god, I, I did not know that. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah, we only have one like secondary school. So like you don't really have a choice, everyone has to go to that school. Now they just opened I think last year or two years ago they opened like a private school. So like that's the only alternative option. But before that when we were in school there was no other option. So I think like it kind of it's a lot more varied because there you have a lot more options. Like in my first placement, I was in a Jesuit school. <laughs> and in my second placement, I was in an academy. So it's like, I find like there's a lot more variation in like, and both schools were completely different to each other. Like the styles, the lesson length, and like the, um, what do you call the, um, I like think, the timetable kind of? Yeah, the timetable, but also the ethos. Uh, ah, yeah. 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 And with English, in Gib- did you learn English in Gibraltar? Was that a core subject there as well? Yeah, it, yes. was, a, it was a core subject, but it wasn't like um, as a foreign language. So because okay. here in Gibraltar, like we speak both English and Spanish, but our education is in English. So we okay. all sort of like brought up with uh, all our lessons were in English and English isn't sort of a foreign language. Although we did Spanish mm-hmm. as a foreign language, even though like, most people here are fluent in Spanish with sort of as a foreign language. Interesting. Okay. So did you read any sort of um, like English books or anything in secondary school? Um, yeah, we had to do like, so for example, um, I remember in A-level we did like Gothic literature. So we did like Frankenstein, Macbeth. Um, we did like a little bit of Chaucer and stuff. I think we did a few other ones. I can't remember what they were like. Shakespeare one. Tell me the shoe or something. Tell me the shoe. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember, I didn't like it. (laughs) 
I'm, I'm not gonna lie, I hate Shakespeare. Like, even though I have to teach it, like, I just think it's the worst. I yeah. like Shakespeare. I you really do? like Shakespeare, yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, I like Shakespeare, I like Shakespeare. <laughs> um, like, myths and legends. So, Beowulf and another one, like Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. The sevens. I found that like really strange. Did you find because... that all the year sevens wanted to talk about the Thor Ragnarok film? Yeah. Yeah. They're yeah, all like yeah, yeah. just talking about the Marvel films um, and it's like, well, yeah, okay. It's not really <laughs> applicable, but fine. Yeah. That's something um, that that differs from the education system here in Gibraltar because year seven, he has still primary school. Right, no, but... yeah. That's similar to, it's different in Australia now, actually, but when I was in school in Australia, you started secondary school in year eight. So yeah, year seven was still um, primary school. That was your last year. Um, When you started in your PGCE course, did you do any preparation prior to starting the course to get your subject subject knowledge or like knowledge of the British curriculum up to scratch or did you just sort of go well I'm gonna learn as I go yeah it was yeah it was more like learn as we go although we were advised to like <laughs> do it just like well we'll see how it is because I I think here yeah, we we do follow the British curriculum but it's not like a hundred percent yeah let's say like there there is some stuff that is different, but um, in terms of like subject knowledge, not really. Mm-hmm. I don't think I like brushed up on anything. I think no, it's I still hard because have... every school as well is like so different in what yeah. they teach. So even if you revised or like brushed up on subject knowledge, you could then go yeah. into a school that teaches none of what you've tried to yeah. teach yourself. And then it's yeah. like you've wasted so much time. That's yeah. true. Let's just pause here and think about the things that we can draw from this conversation that can really help us in our own subject knowledge. I think one big thing that you can take away from this is that you can Google the school before or email your mentor when you find out your placement and make sure that they send you a list of the books that you'll be teaching. That way you can go in a little bit more prepared, you can know what you're going to be teaching and you can start reading the texts and noting down key characters, key themes and key events that will come up to be really important in your teaching. Yeah, what I do think is um, important maybe is like brushing up on like the you know, the general stuff that's not necessarily to do with like particular books or whatever. But like you said, and it depends on the school, on the books that they do. I was lucky that we did an inspector calls in my second placement, which is, uh, I was quite familiar with that one. But they were also doing Romeo and Juliet, which I had never done. And A, a Midsummer's Night Dream or something, which I had mm-hmm. never done either. So for me, like... I was having to learn that as I was teaching it as well, which just makes everything a lot harder. That just depends on the school that you put in, I guess. Did you ever do that thing where, I I know I did this a few times when I was teaching texts that I hadn't read before and you didn't have time to like pre-read what you were going to teach. So you just turn up into a class and you're like reading it and you're as shocked as they are with what happens. Yeah. <laughs> and that kind of like, oh, but, but you know what happens. And I'm like, yeah, no, I 100% know what happens in this book. Um, yeah, yeah. The amount of like, improvisation, you have to like, it happened a lot with things like when I was teaching Ragnarok, maybe I had only just um, began to understand it, like slightly before the lesson. 
and then like when I'm teaching it to the kids, they're saying things. I'm like, yeah, 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 that's true, that's true. <laughs> but like when when it's that kind of situation, I usually leave it a lot to them, and they they ask me that question. I'm like, yeah, but that's yeah, like, saying, a lot of it. A lot of it is how well you can improvise as well, like the improvisation when they ask you a question or like you're going through it, and then as you're reading it, you think of a point that you can make maybe that you didn't include in your lesson plan and then like that can become like part of the class discussion or then maybe ask you something then you're like okay who agrees with it or whatever and you just turn that into into a discussion that takes your lesson somewhere else yeah I found that um in not knowing a lot of the things I was teaching it mm. made me so much more like open to different interpretations mm-hmm. but there is like some of the teachers who were really familiar with particular books if a kid put forth an idea and it didn't match up with the teachers they would be like oh you know no I don't think that's right whether mm. it's for me I was like anything's yeah, right yeah. really <laughs> um what was the hardest thing for you um on your placements with subject knowledge did you find you had any big gaps yes yeah <laughs> i had many big gaps like what were first, they? so for example in my first placement i was teaching the tempest and i was so confused with the characters i had to keep being like <laughs> i can't remember the characters names anymore but i had to be like is this one no or was it him who said this and then the kids were like so you don't know and I had to do that like with loads because in my second placement, then I was teaching Shakespeare's villains, heroes and villains. No, just villains. And I had to do three texts <laughs> and I didn't know any of the texts. And I was like, oh, and I like, I had to keep learning them before. And at the same time, I was doing myths and legends. Um, and what's it called? No, Nordic? No. No. Oh, Norse mythology. Norse mythology. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, Norse mythology at the same time. And I was like, like with that and Shakespeare and like loads of other things that I didn't know. It was always like the day before reading and like I had to ask my girlfriend sometimes to like tell me, um, like, do you know this text? Like, explain to me what it's about. <laughs> Just so like I know the story. Oh, what does your girlfriend do? <laughs> um, she's sports we have <laughs> so that's oh, okay. English, but she likes to read a lot <laughs> that goes to show, oh, that goes to show something about subject knowledge <laughs> I, yeah, yes. I feel like that's quite telling but that's good she knows some things yeah, yeah. so with your subject knowledge yeah. what would be your advice for somebody going into a course who you know is maybe like us they've been educated elsewhere and they're not that familiar with the British system are there any tips you have for when you're in your placement and you're teaching a book you're unfamiliar with um or you're presented with with teaching a class something new do you have any tips on how to familiarize yourself with that um what I used to do sometimes when I had a text that I really wasn't sure about I would like um like kind of print out the text the day before mm-hmm. and quickly like go through it and make make quick notes on things that I had just found like maybe like literary devices or something and I would bring that in with me and I would literally just read everything that I've written from there so it was like really um like a speech that you had prepared the night before sometimes it was it sounds like a little bit mechanical but um like try and be as natural as possible with that or if not try and do like when I was unsure with some text I would always do more like group activities um with the class and I would like kind of say okay 20 minutes and we're going to discuss this and they used to in their groups and I'm like you discuss this theme that theme that theme and that theme for the different groups and then they would always feed back to me Mm -hmm. and then sometimes that would that would like really teach me 
a lot about it and then I would feel a little bit more comfortable because thing is like when you don't know something you're trying to teach it and you feel it makes you feel like really uncomfortable like yeah. you feel and they know it. and when you know that they know that you're uncomfortable it makes it even worse kind of yeah. thing. Like, yeah like when you try when you try and pretend that you know it but really you don't is bad but then you yeah, don't want to show them that you don't know it either I really like that idea of like um, getting the kids to teach you and then you come up with this understanding of the text together. I think that's a really nice way of doing it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I also did do what you said in like printing things out and like highlighting or making notes. I did that as well for so many things, um, especially for the GCSE level kids. I'd like print off their poems or whatever and just make a few notes the night before. So at least I had something to fall back on if they were stuck and couldn't yeah. come up with an idea themselves. Like I wasn't also stuck. Um, yeah, yeah. Like a nice safety net. I think the advice that's coming out of this part of the podcast is helpful for subjects that aren't just English as well. Let's take a humanities subject, for example, or maths or science. If you're teaching from a textbook rather than a novel or a play or a poem that we use in English, um, perhaps you can take a photocopy of the section of the textbook that you're going to be teaching the next day, take it home and attack it with a highlighter and a pen and just think through some of the questions that you might ask your students based on the questions you yourself have had reading through this textbook. Because the chances are they're going to be similar if it's the first time that you're coming across this material. Um, so take some photocopies, use the school resources, take some photocopies, take it home and just read it through so that when you're going into the classroom the next day, you're feeling prepared and you're feeling ready to go so you don't get into the situation that the twins are talking about where they feel that the students have noticed that they're unsure on their subject knowledge. Yeah, yeah. one, one thing that I used to do as well, like if I wasn't sure about a text or whatever, I'd, I'd just go back to the internet and like put, put it on YouTube and then someone would give me a summary and then, or like look up other stuff. And then that way you get your own ideas from it as well. And yeah, I used to make notes as well. I used to like print out stuff or if they gave me a, a book that I knew that I could keep, I would make notes in it. So that way it just made it easier for me. I like know when to stop, when to ask questions, when to like make a point. Um, and things to do with context as well. I always found that context, knowing the context of when the book or the play was written really helps because that way if you knew what was going on at the time, it helps you understand as well a lot of things that were being, like, a lot of things in the text. Mm -hmm. Did you both go to schools that shared resources with you? So, like, they would share, um, like, PowerPoints for lessons and things? Uh, no, my, like my first placement... Before. Wait, I'm talking. My first placement was... <laughs> <laughs> it was, like, they used to give me the scheme of work and stuff and, like, and my, my mentor was really, like, kind of loose with me. So he used to be like, okay, we're doing travel writing. He's like, you do whatever you do. He's like, I've always got books. If you need help or whatever, you ask me. And then I would be, like, I would just propose to him, like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Like, he was really, I, I was quite independent. In my second placement, I had to kind of go over, like, go with their slides. But mm -hmm. I had to make my own version of them. Okay. But I had to go based off what they, so they would always share with me the resources. But I had to make it my own. I see. Yeah. Okay. Just bear in mind here that if someone is making all your PowerPoints for you, their train of thought will have fed into how they've made that PowerPoint. So in terms of putting your learner first and understanding what 
they need to get at the end of the lesson and what they need to know at the end of the lesson, which is your key to lesson planning. Perhaps it would make it easier to speak to the teacher who made that scheme of work and just ask them to talk it through with you so that you can then see where their train of thought has gone and then you can bring in your own questions and the own kind of thoughts and processes that you've got from highlighting your materials and doing your own subject knowledge prep um, because otherwise it can be difficult if you're teaching it for the first time using a PowerPoint you didn't make it can be difficult to um, realize kind of exactly where the teacher was going with the lesson and what journey she was taking those or he was taking those kids on so if you are using someone else's PowerPoint, just make sure you talk to them first and you really understand the process of learning that is happening in that PowerPoint. Because something yeah. I found helpful with subject knowledge and like when you were talking about the importance of context was mm. that in schools where they share resources, you can sometimes use those resources that are meant for the kids and use them to teach yourself because they'll yeah. often be a like a PowerPoint or one lesson mm. that's just on context and you can have a mm. flip through it and be like, okay, like... I yeah. kind of understand that and then you can look into it a bit more but yeah. I mean it's hard if you have a school that doesn't share resources with you and that's they just true. want you to do everything that's yeah a lot to take yeah, on does... too if you are finding yourself in this position where you're working in a school that is reluctant to share their resources with you talk to your mentor start having an open conversation with them saying that you're needing some support preparing your lessons and just ask them if it would be possible for you to look over some of their lessons if that doesn't work Maybe come and speak to your university tutor and say, look, I'm having uh, difficulties accessing some of the resources. Could you help me in this conversation? See where that goes. And still, you can use the people that you're on your university course with in order to support you with some of their resources. So have an ask around your university cohort to see if any of them are teaching the same materials as you. Because if so, you can share everything. Set up a forum where you can share those resources and continue to make materials that are high quality without... Um, stressing you out yeah i definitely yeah, I found it way more helpful like, when i had the resources i like that i i love it when there's a ready-made scheme of work for you and you just add mm -hmm. in a few things or you like swap things around it makes yeah. it so much easier and it's so much less time than making things from scratch yeah i found yeah. that as well like it it was such a time saver for me because having to make the powerpoints and then you know everything like that you had to put on they because she was the head of the year she would put all the stuff that was necessary so like nothing was left out and then you could just based on that powerpoint make your lesson plan around that it was so much easier for me yeah did you then put all of those resources onto a hard drive or a usb before you left in my first place and no and i regretted it and then in my second place when i did <laughs> you got to steal everything that I tell myself. <laughs> you, you just got to take everything that's given to you. Yeah, yeah. I just used to print like loads of the PowerPoints and then put them in folders and stuff. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. For future use. <laughs> um, do you guys, before we wrap up, do you guys have any like final words of advice for people who might be starting their PGC or whatever pathway to teaching this coming year? I would say like it's definitely, you're definitely going to have like loads of challenges throughout and there are going to be times where it's going to be like super super hard like when people were telling me before I went that it's going to be the hardest year of, it, of your life I knew it was but it actually was like there are going to be times where it's going to be really really hard and but the best thing you can do is just carry on if you're finding it hard like talk to people everyone's going to be in the same boat like you're you're not going to be the only one in that situation sometimes people may be finding it easier than you at certain times but like 
you'll get through. And as long as you make sure you talk to your, your uni tutor as well, if you have any problems, they're going to help you out 100% for sure. And if you like, you've got issues with your mentor as well, just be, have a really open sort of relationship with your uni tutor that will help you out loads. And apart from that, just make the most of everything, the challenging times, like pull through and just make the most and learn everything that you can. Nice, that's really good advice. Yeah, I like that. I would say definitely try and have a good relationship with your mentor because in both placements, I had a good relationship with my mentor and that really, really helped. Um, And by that, I mean like, never be afraid to ask for help from them or always like make sure that that they're kind of like not on top of you because my first mentor he was like he was always there but he was he like left me in my space all the time and that I found that like really good because I could kind of do more what I wanted the second place where my mentor was like super on top of me like super um all the time like really rigid and had like had to be this had to be that like and and that good because I had like a lot of support always just make sure that you have like a closeness there with your mentor because that you need. And the second thing is just to like be patient with yourself and don't, don't compare yourself to others, you know, in your cohort, no other teachers there. Um, don't compare yourself to anyone and like be patient with yourself. Like you're obviously not going to be the best teacher um, in the first week or anything. And you're not going to know it all at the beginning. Like it takes time. Um, but just like do what you need to do to learn whether it's like copy other teacher styles or like get things from different teachers and like definitely find your own like personality as a teacher for the beginning but that obviously takes time so everything's going to take time so just like patience be open to making mistakes and doing things wrong because most experienced teachers do that mm-hmm. and that's like yeah, part and, of the job and allow yourself as well like out of your comfort zone take everything as an opportunity to learn you're going to make mistakes, but like, that's normal. You're going to learn from the mistakes and it's best that you make the mistakes now, learn from them all. And then that's how you're going to learn to become a better teacher. Yeah. Like yeah. make the mistakes while you have the support. And yes. yeah, it's funny. Everybody I've spoken to so far, the thing they've said about advice when, you know, for teachers who are about to go on placements or start studying is just expect to fail. They just go yeah. into it knowing that you will mess up so many times um and i think like our cohort we all sort of went into it being like we won't mess up you know we'll we'll be amazing (laughs) teachers like we're just from the beginning why are we even here we don't even need the pgc (laughs) and then we all came back to uni and we were like yeah this is uh this is the worst (laughs) yeah so i would definitely say like i would definitely say be open to like criticism like don't take the criticism personally and don't take things personally from kids or anything like don't take anything personally yeah um and definitely like the criticism that they give you like be open to it and but don't don't be don't like take it too hard either mm-hmm. because it happens to some people where some teachers like like to always focus on the negative and like always acknowledge what you think you've done well and always like evaluate your lessons honestly and like be completely open with yourself like if you think this could be done better don't think oh no no i'm like I know that anyway, like when the teacher is telling you things like you, you think you know it all, but really just be open to those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really good advice. Perfect. Uh, I'm going to stop recording here because I feel like that's a really good spot to leave. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Teach It. I had no idea that Gibraltar had one local comp for all its students. The main takeaway from this week seems to be ride the challenges of the PGCE. 
Treat everything as an opportunity to learn, and most importantly, when you mess up, learn from your mistakes. As ever, the podcasts were taken on Zoom and distributed by CastBox. The music was created by Ben Rose, and the cover work is by Kirsten Bell. Tune in next week for Miss Haley's interview with Dr. Vance Locke, a psychology professor and doctor from Australia, who's going to be filling us in on all things mental health. You have been listening to Teach It. To find out more about the podcast and to submit any questions you may have about the training, head to our Twitter account, at Teach It.